anyone gone to their class reunion? You know, the high school class reunion? Anyone go to that? Yeah, I've, I've only been to one. I went to my fifth year uh, class reunion, and it was kind of awkward, actually. Um, so at that time, uh, before my fifth year class reunion, I had given my life to Christ. So when I go to my class reunion, they're expecting the old Joe Green. Right? They're expecting the womanizing, binge-drinking Joe Green. And I, I had put away all of those things. Um, and so they, all they could see was sort of, they were disappointed, and that's what kind of made it awkward, is that they were disappointed because they were, uh, see, they saw what the things I had put away. So no longer was I taking off my shirt and dancing to right said Fred. Um, <laughs> Um, and I'm so glad that I went to high school before there were cell phones all over the place, because <laughs> then there'd be something online about that. But, but they were disappointed because they saw the things I had put away, but they couldn't see what I had, well, they started to see, but it was, we only had a couple of hours, what I was putting on. And I had started to put on God's power and his perspective, and that has led me the last, you know, 20 years to have a purpose and a perspective and a joy and a meaning in my life greater than anything that I could have explained in those uh, few moments. But it was. It was, it was kind of awkward. And the reason is that, again, I had answered the question, who are you? I answered that differently at that five-year reunion than even five years prior. That question, who are you? I answered it much, much differently. And that showed up in what I would do. And that's what the book of Ephesians, a large part of it is about, that question, who are you? And we've been looking at the book of Ephesians, and um, really the sermon series is called Who Are You? Because the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians is about that question, how, who are you in Christ? How God has given us a new identity and a new calling, and that has changed everything. And the Apostle Paul is trying to get the Ephesians to understand that wonderful inheritance, that new identity they have in Christ. And then chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians switch to, all right, now that you understand who you are in Christ, now that should affect how you live. That should be a, a, a change, that you're out with, the, out with the old and in with the new. And we saw in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, we saw that, that switch, didn't we, last week, where Paul goes from talking about the wonderful inheritance to now saying uh, in verse 1, you know, I therefore, therefore, based on all of that wonderful uh, new identity that you have in Christ, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And then we talked about how he starts this application of how, what does it mean? What does it actually look like to walk in our new identity by saying that it involves being unified with the body of Christ? That application of, of our identity, of the gospels, meant to be done in fellowship with the body. But now, as we get to chapter 4, verse 17, the Apostle Paul gets into sort of fleshing that out in more detail of what walking in that new identity involves, and it involves 
putting on certain things about our new identity, but also putting off things that no longer match who we are. So let's look at that in verse, um, uh, chapter 4, verse 17. It says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So I'm going to stop there for now. So walking in our new identity in Christ, it means you, you don't live the same way as you did in your old identity apart from Christ. And it's interesting that, remember, in Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul goes to great lengths to say the Gentiles are full participants in the people of God. Do you remember that? And even if you don't, just shake your head yes. That Yeah, I remember, I remember that. That message, Pastor, was so powerful, I can't get it out of my head. Um, that, yeah, in chapter 2, he just he talks about, yeah, the Gentiles, they're full participants. So why now is he being like, hey, don't live like the Gentiles anymore, you know, who follow their own understanding and their own pleasures instead of God? What gives? What, what is Paul getting at? Well, God has called and he has saved the Gentiles through Christ, but they have been saved from a life apart from God before they even knew God and a life to God with God's presence and his power and plan in their life. And although they're Gentiles and non-Jews, their identity is no longer found in the things that they found their identity in before. But now it's found in Christ. And he's saying, yeah, put off all of those old things from your old life. Even though you were just a typical average Joe Pagan, right? You just, you can't do that anymore. You see, oftentimes, and I think we need to hear this because we often, you know, here in our culture, we, we think that, all right, I can just go along and maybe add a little bit of God to my life. and That'll be nice. But that's not biblical Christianity. That's not Ephesians. Remember, in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul said, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and God made you alive. That's the picture, being dead and coming to life. So we don't just add a little God, but rather we're given a new identity and a new life. And the Apostle Paul says, yeah, don't, don't walk like you used to walk. Don't just go with the flow of your culture, whether it's being a Gentile or a Jew. They're all in being made into one people, and it's all being going from death to life. But again, now he's saying, all right, well, what does that look like? And he uses these two interesting terms. One is uh, putting off, right? Verse 22, uh, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desire, desires. And then in verse 24, put on a new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So it's out with the old and in with the new. 
And a part of our identity now, he's saying, using those pictures, is, is putting off those things that no longer fit you. Because, again, it's, you're a different identity. You're a different person. So you put off those things because they're not you anymore. Uh, you know, Wendy and I, as we've moved from our house in New Salem to our house in Hoyle, um, Wendy likes, she's kind of sentimental, so she saves all sorts of things from when the kids were babies. A little like, like oh, another box of things from when the kids were babies. Don't, don't we already have four of those? Um, yes, we do. But in those boxes, there is, for instance, you know, my son is 21, uh, but there's onesies from when he was a baby. You know those onesies, right? Yeah, they're cute, but it wouldn't be cute if he put one on now, right? I mean, you're an adult, you're a grown man, you put off those things, right? You don't, you don't wear onesies anymore as an adult. It's not who you are. But it also means putting off certain actions. So uh, when my daughter was a, a baby, she would triple fist pacifiers. Somebody might triple fist, like what's it mean? Well, she would have pacifier in each hand and one in her mouth, okay? Now, if she did that now, like, what are you doing? You, you're an adult. You're a grown woman. Put, you put those actions off. Because now your identity is one of an adult, not as a child. Now, the thing is, is you can also put on new things. So, for instance, now you can drive a car as an adult. Babies can't drive cars. But babies can, uh, but, and, uh, but adults can. Also, babies can't use chainsaws. But adults can, and this is good news, because uh, Isaiah, when he was little, he was always attracted to the most dangerous tool that I would use, right? So, you know, just like a, a plain hand tool, not that interested. But if I got out the circular saw or a chainsaw, he'd want to touch it. He'd want to play with it. So, but yeah, he, you, you can't, uh, as a child, you put off the onesies, you put off the, um, the pacifiers when you're a baby, but as an adult, now, now he can use the power tools because it matches his identity as an adult. You see, that's the thing, is that when we step into our new identity, yes, there's things we put off, but there's also things that we put on as children of God. And, and so Ephesians here, it describes the things to put off in basically verses 25 to 31, but then in verses 32 through chapter 5, verse 2, describes what we, we put on. So put off these things. All right, let's look at verse 25 through 31. And, and the reason is, uh, you know, he uses, Paul uses the same word to put off. In verse 22, put off your old self. And then he uses the same word in the Greek in verse 25, therefore put away falsehood. But it's the same word, put off falsehood. So what does it look like? What are the types of things we need to put off because they no longer match our identity as children of God? Well, verse 25, put away, uh, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along 
with all malice. All right, so here, Paul gives some concrete actions that things that we're to put away because they're a part of our old identity and they don't match our new identity as children of God. And, and as we read this list, maybe one of these kind of matches you in a sense of that. That's something I had to put away or something that I'm struggling with now. But if our identity is children of God, we will, as we said, uh, he will refine us and we'll keep putting those things off. You know, when Noah shared his testimony, I've, I've gotten to know him really pretty well these last couple of years and been able to see the changes in his life. I mean, he just gave you a little snapshot of the things that he's put away and things he's taken on. But I know as sort of a, an outside observer, I've seen what God has done in his life. And he's continuing that process because as Chrissy said earlier, that yes, this is something we do when we, when we take on Christ and become his child. We, we step into our identity, but it is a daily decision-making process of, no, I'm going to put this off because it doesn't match my identity. And so maybe some of these kind of speak to you, things that you've had to put off or things now you're struggling to put off. So verse 25, if in your old life you lied, right? you, you, were, you were prone to falsehood, you put that away because that doesn't reflect the God of truth. Or verse 26, if in your old life you were given over to, to uncontrolled and, and, um, and, and sustained anger, you put that away by not letting your anger turn into sin, by making sure you're, the, the sun doesn't go down on your anger so that you will be a, 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 a child of God who loves and isn't controlled by anger, but rather you're able to, through self-control of the spirit, control. You control anger. It doesn't control you. Verse 28, if you took things that were not yours, you, you put away that, and instead you work so that instead of being a taker, you're a giver. Because God is a giving God. Verse 29, if you were a person whose conversations spread ungodliness or hurt, you put that away, and instead you use your words to build other people up. Verse 29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So do you use your words to tear people down? If so, you put that away, and instead you use your words to build people up. Because that's what a child of God does, and you step into that identity. By the way, that verse 29 is one of our ground rules for our Wednesday night study. As we talk about loving people with different political views, we said, all right, this is one of our ground rules, is this very verse, that you only say things that will build people up, that will give grace to those who hear. And in so doing, we reflect God, and we change the, we change the atmosphere of every conversation. Verse 30 says, you know, if you would go your own way and grieve the Holy Spirit, you put that away. And instead, you walk in the power of the Spirit. Verse 31, if you had bitterness, if you slandered people, you put that away. You put away that bitterness, that wrath, that malice and slander. Because those are things of a sick heart, not a healed heart. You do those things that befit a person whose identity is in Christ, who self-sacrificially loved his enemies. And so as we do a kind of little self-assessment, it's almost like, you know, when you woke up this morning or got ready 
And then you, you looked in the mirror and said, all right, what am I going to put on today? What am I going to wear? Are any of you wearing these things today? Now put them off. If not, then, then who are you? Are you a child of God? Because if so, you don't want to wear these things. They're from your old identity. It's, again, it's like a child. It's like a grown man putting on a onesie. It doesn't match. It doesn't fit. But Paul doesn't just say what we're to put off from our old life. He also talks about what we're put on. Now, of course, he implies these things in the previous verses. So, for instance, when he says put away falsehood, he also talks about, no, instead, speaking the truth. Uh, he talks about, yeah, don't steal, but instead work honestly so you can share. Uh, he, verse 29, yeah, take on words, put on words that will build people up. But in verse 32, I think he more explicitly returns to, again, what he said in verse 24. Remember, verse 24 is the putting on, putting on the new identity. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So remember, putting on the likeness of God. Last week, we talked about the goal of Christian living. It's not a checklist of things to do or things to believe. It's really about being like Jesus, right? That we're imitating Christ. We're, we're putting on a likeness of God. And that's also said like this, verse 32 through 5, um, through chapter 5, 2. Right? What does it look like? What do we put on to imitate God? Well, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Right? That was from the children's message. Right? That, that's that focus verse from that. And how does it look? Well, again, the children's message is good. What does it look like to be kind, tenderhearted? Well, it means that you, those who are marginalized, right? those who are kind of outcast, you're tenderhearted. You're kind to those people. You don't pile on. Right, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So here, in the most general sense, what are we to put on? We're to put on being imitators of God. Which again, back in chapter 4, verse 24 says, put on the new self created after the likeness of God. See, whatever you see Christ doing, do that. And so when we read the scriptures and we look about, you know, who was Jesus? What did he do? What was he like? We, we should be able to relate. Because, yes, God, God's word is his message, but that word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that we can see and relate. And when we see Jesus, whatever we see him doing, we say, okay, that reflects the heart of God. And so I can imitate him. And what do we see Jesus doing? We see his self-sacrifice, his forgiveness, his obedience, his kindness, again, to the downtrodden. And of course, that includes love. That's why verse says, walk in love as Christ did. But again, this goes back to last week where we talked about the goal of Christian living is to grow up into the head, right? Grow up as a body of believers, we grow up into the head who is Christ. So what would Christ do? That's what I should do. Because I'm putting on him, I put on Christ. That's my identity now is in Christ. Not apart from Christ, but in Christ. And again, some of those specific things 
that he says to do is be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, walking in love. Again, as we do a self-assessment, say, did I put that on today? Did I put on being tenderhearted? Did I put on kindness? Did I put on love? So whenever we give these, whenever I give a message like this, I always want to pause and, and remind us, right, though, remember the first three chapters of Ephesians. Because we can say, all right, I need to do this. I need to put off these things. I need to put on these things. And then we can start to get in kind of a works righteousness or this idea that, all right, I make God, um, I somehow earn God's favor. But we know back from Ephesians 2 that, you know, that it's, it's by grace we've been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's, not a, it's a gift of God, not of works. So really, we have to get the first three chapters of Ephesians in our head first. So God gives us that identity. He makes dead people alive again. We were dead in our sins. He makes us alive. Christ's sacrifice is a gift, and now we step into that gift. We have to get that part right first. Otherwise, we're trying to do this, trying to put on this, trying to put off that. But you know what it is? It is just window dressing. Or it's just like clothing. It's on the outside. What Christ does is he changes our identity inside, which is why a better analogy is, yeah, we were children, but now we're adults. We put off the onesie. And yeah, but we still have clothing that we can put on. There's still things we can put on. But again, it's, it's secondary to the fact that, no, our identity is changed. But there are daily choices we can make to confirm that identity or deny that identity. So if I came in here wearing an adult onesie, <laughs> I won't do that, believe me. I don't know. Hopefully they don't make those kind of things, but I don't know. I've, I've given up trying to guess what they make and don't make. You say, that, wait. <laughs> Pastor, that doesn't match who you are. I had a pacifier. That's not who you are. But daily, we choose to live out who we are. Daily, we make that choice. Am I going to put on these things that reflect my identity in Christ? Am I going to put off those things of my old life? So daily, we do have a part. Yes, Jesus changes our identity, but will we reflect that our identity in our daily choices? And for some of us, there's certain choices that, we've, that are easy, and we can, it's easy for us to walk in our identity, and there's others that are more difficult. So what do I mean? Well, you know, I never had that much trouble taking, like, I didn't struggle with taking stuff that wasn't mine. So it's not like a daily struggle, like, all right, I got to stop stealing stuff. No, that's not a struggle for me. But what is a struggle? What is something I have to daily decide to do is 429. And that is build people up with my words. Because I have that propensity. It's like I can cut people with my words. I can belittle people with my words. And so I daily have to choose, no, that's not my identity. My identity is not to use the power of the word to cut people down, but rather to build people up. Now, that's the word daily, I have to say, am I putting that on? Daily looking in the mirror and saying, is my identity 
in Christ? Is my actions, my choices reflecting who Jesus is? Or is it reflecting my old life? Now for you, maybe it's different. Maybe it is taking stuff that's not yours. There's so many things listed here, taking off, putting on. But daily, that self-confrontation, looking in the mirror and saying, what am I wearing today? When, if, am I wearing things that will remind people of Jesus? Or am I wearing things that will remind people of who I used to be? What am I daily putting on? What am I daily taking off? That's what we need to ask ourselves every day as we step into our day. But then as we live, as we go about our day, then we need to ask, all right, what, you know, I'm putting on being an imitator of God, so what I just did, was that imitating Christ? Is that something Jesus would do? Remember in the 90s, they had the, you know, what would Jesus do? Everyone had the WWJD bracelet, and yeah, it was commercialized, so they kind of ruined it, but it's a good, it's a good concept. That everything we do, because we're supposed to be imitators of God, is like, all right, I'm gonna, if I'm going to put this on, does this reflect Jesus? Is this something Jesus would do? Because if so, I want to put it on because I want to reflect my identity in Christ. But if it's something that Jesus would not do, then I'm not going to do it because my identity is secure in Christ. And I've put away that old self. That's what we need to do every day. So not, it's not to earn God's favor. It's because we've been, we've been redeemed. We've been transformed. We've been given a new identity. And we want to reflect the joy, the power, the purpose, and the presence of God in that identity. But the part we play is what we put on every day, what we take off every day. Does it reflect Christ? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would move in your spirit throughout this place that we have gathered and online as well. Show in our hearts, God, what we've put on today that is not of you. Lord, we want to reflect you. So may we only put on those things that imitate you and may we take off and put away those things that do not reflect our identity. And God, right now, Show each one of us something that we've put on, Lord, that does not reflect you. And Lord, we confess that and we put that off. And now, Lord, to each one of us in our minds, show us something you want us to put on today that reflects our identity in you. Lord, we receive that. We receive that, Lord. And may we walk in that now, this week. Thank you, God. Thank you that you've changed us. You've redeemed us. We were dead and you've made us alive. May we walk in that life this week, today, as your beloved children. We pray this in Jesus' name who's made it all possible. Amen.